0: want to change the world
1: so, do I? hey everyone welcome back to the curious christians podcast i'm your host brandon shavera here with my co-host pastor roger Kranz. hey everyone Guys, we're super excited to have you here tonight. We just want to take a quick moment to uh, thank you guys for listening to us and to ask you guys to uh, share this podcast with some friends, let them know that uh, what you guys think about it, and uh, just, just help us get this community up and going so we can really help to bless others.
0: Absolutely. We want to build this community up, and um, and we've got a really fun topic to talk about tonight.
1: Yeah, and it's also super useful, uh, something that people can apply in their lives, and uh, something that everyone should know. Tonight we're going to be talking about finances and money and uh, what God has to say about it. I think a lot of people probably don't know what God has to say about it. I think uh, a lot of people only know maybe tithing when it comes to money and God and how they associate the two. And so we're going to open it up tonight. We're going to talk about a bunch of different things uh, and what God says about them, and it should be uh, exciting, interesting, and useful.
0: Absolutely. We have so many uh, great stories about tithing and about um, the finances of uh, uh, godly finances. And um, and just let's just jump right in and get it started.
1: So I'm going to jump right in and get it started. Okay. the one term that everybody knows about money and how you describe it. It's the root of all evil. Everyone says that. Is that truth? Is that is it the root of all evil? What does God think about it?
0: Well, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. So big, big, big difference there. Um, it's it's really funny because when when we decided we were going to use this as our topic tonight, uh, just a, a ton of things went through my mind, and one of them was this. I was in a church one time. I I, I all the churches I've ever pastored at, I pastored for long lengths of time over 10 years in each church but this one church was a, a, a new a startup and so i was only there for a year but um, in that church uh anytime money would come up uh, or or the discussion of the finances or any kind of money uh, it was almost like people shied away from it they 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 were scared of it like it was an evil and um and and so that whole year i, I mean i think i preached more on on uh, money that year than I ever have the rest of the time I've been in the ministry, which is over 30 years. So, um, y- you know, in, in that church, for some reason, those people were very, um, uh, held back when it came to money. Like it, it wasn't okay to be rich or it wasn't okay to have, you know, a lot of money, uh, or a big house or a nice car. Those things weren't okay. And, um, and they're absolutely okay. You know, it's um, and we'll get into that. Why? Why? In a few minutes. But um, uh, yeah, so there's a hundred stories we can tell about this.
1: I think it's weird that people have that concept of being uh, upset at people who have things. I think that's more envious than anything else. Um, is there a point where there's almost too much money or someone can argue that someone doesn't need as much money maybe, but you're talking about some people who just have, you know, regular lives and you know, they say, Oh, you don't need that much money or you don't need that. And I've always viewed it as, you know, I want as much as I can, not in a selfish way, but also in a way that I can bless other people with, you know? So I don't think of it in terms of just, just me, I think of it of what I can do with everything when I think of finances and I think about uh, being able to acquire more money uh, the thoughts that are going through my head aren't a Ferrari and a sports car it's being able to take my family to Disney or give them a better house or be able to provide my kids with better edu- education. I don't believe that that's uh, toxic. I don't think that that's a bad thought to have
0: It's not and and you know you, you really hit the nail on the head a minute ago when you said you know it, uh, I, I would like uh, uh, extra funds to help others. Um, that's really what it's all about you know you're you're gonna you're gonna be rewarded in your heart when you set a goal a financial goal and you meet that goal and you have the money in the bank and and you can sit back and relax and say wow I set the goal I met the goal I've got the money I'm good and and you're gonna get a certain kind of um, good feeling about that but you'll you'll get a much better feeling when you can take money and help someone else with it. It's a, it's two completely different feelings. And, uh, and so it's all about your motivation. What's your motivation to gain the money? Right. Um, you know, you've, you've heard this said so many times that it's not the destination, it's the journey you know that's that's really the fun part of everything it's the journey and 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 you know at least for me when I set a financial goal and I I hit that goal man I'm happy (laughs) I'm just so happy and um and and then once we hit a financial goal like that we can take a portion of it and help someone with it and uh and not not to be their God but so that that it just gives us a good feeling you know
1: Yeah. And so when you say hitting your goal, I think back to uh, my business and uh, what I've been able to do with it. And whenever I did hit my goal, there was definitely a level of uh, excitement, joy, pride, uh, all the emotions that come with that. And I think the money is obviously nice to have to be able to do things with, but also that money is a representation of the hard work that I did to be able to get to that point. And so what ended up happening is when I got to that point and I reached that money and I felt that pride it allowed me to have more energy to do even more. I set higher goals, further goals. Sure. And so I I definitely think it can be used for positive, but I almost want to flip the script here because we're talking about, you know, positively, uh, using money, but then you have some people who have that obsession with money and obsession with material items and things like that. Where can that be dangerous? And what does God think about that?
0: Um, you know, uh, money has a, um, a tendency to move your emotions and um and so that's that's what we always warn people about is it when you get emotional about your money um you're borderline loving to loving it too much you know and that's that's what that scripture says you know it's it's not money that's the root of all evil. it's the love of money so when when it affects your emotions and it, it it affects the way you do things you're you're borderline loving money and uh and that's a sin So you have to be very careful in that area and you, you can't let the money dictate your actions or your reactions. You can't let the money dictate your emotions. You know, you have to be in control of those things or, or or God has to be in control of those things through you.
1: So it reminds me of a scripture or I believe it's, it's a verse. You could uh, educate me on this, but there's a, scripture that says it's harder for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle than to enter the kingdom of heaven. Is that correct?
0: It's hard. It's uh, easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter (laughs) the kingdom of God.
1: I'm proud that I even got some of it right. Okay. (laughs) So, um, but I've always been interested by that. So can you, can you dive into that a little bit and tell me what that scripture means? Because, uh, if you're just reading that clear as day and you're listening to that, well, that could seem a little scary. That could almost seem like you want to turn away from, uh, and a desire to become rich
0: sure and and that's what i was talking about earlier you know uh, some people s- s- read a scripture like that and they say well I, I you know it's god doesn't want me to be rich because it's you know and then they'll quote that scripture because it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of god so so they think that it's not okay for them to earn good money or 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 big money and uh that's just not the case at all it's it's really it's really um letting god dictate your 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 life and uh in in the area of finances and so um what he's trying to say there in that scripture is you know there's so much that someone with too much wealth or or Um, an abundance of wealth, there's so much that can preoccupy them or distract them from what's important, which is having a relationship with God and letting God deal with you about that. You know, um, God will bless you um, as much as you can take. You know, he's our heavenly father and he loves us. And he, you know, I I, I liken it unto this. Uh, I I, I use this illustration all the time in in, uh, sermons. You know, it's almost like God has all these blessings saved up for you and he wants to give them to you, but you're not ready for them. So how do you get ready? Well, you have to be transformed and you have to, you know, spend time with God, spend time in his word, let him let Him transform you. Uh, and, and the more that you can transform with him, uh, the more blessings you're able to receive. So, uh, you know, we can pray for finances, but they're only going to come in portions that we can handle. (laughs) Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does for sure. I think that there'd probably be a lot of people who would sit back though and they'd also counter or say, you know, Hey, I might be in a situation working nine to five. I don't make a lot of money and I have been praying for an extra income or something to come my way, a financial blessing. Um, you know, I've been in the position before where there was times where I didn't make a lot of money and, you know, I asked God for a lot of money. And then the tithe comes around on Sunday and I'm staring at that bowl and I'm like, there's no way I can put anything else in here. And so there's a lot of people that have that feeling. And I think this is almost, uh, directly affects them even more because money becomes more to them it has more of a meaning because that's that's food that's not food you know that's their rent it's it's a lot it's a lot deeper
0: you know we did a podcast a while back on tithing so i don't want to get too too deep into tithing but you brought up you brought it up so i'm going to talk about it a little bit um when you see that plate going around you know that's a that's a really um Uh, probably so many people experience that same thought there's they're thinking wow i i can't even pay my bills and and so how can i even give to the church how can i even give my tithe but it's really if if you know god and you know his word it's really just the opposite you know someone someone that's versed in the scriptures looks at that same scenario and says how can i not give god his portion first before i go to pay my bills because if I'll give God his portion first, my faith tells me that God will make a way for me to be able to pay all my bills. Yes. And then God will make a way to, to bless me out of my obedience to him.
1: Yeah. I think that that takes a lot of faith. <laughs> I think there there is a lot of faith that backs up that that type of feeling because it's the same way when you're in church and you hear a good sermon, you feel all welled up inside. Uh, but then, you know, three, four hours afterwards, you're into the real world. And if you're not keeping frosty on it and you're not really trying to keep that alive, it almost gets pushed to the side. And that's the same thing with those type of thoughts as they rise up and they take effect and they're, they're not able to be pushed down as easy. And so people don't have that. Oh man, God's going to bless me. If I give him, you know, my tithe, I have the faith to believe that it's going to come back tenfold. They're, thinking there's no way I can put this in
0: there I gotta have this for food I'm glad you said it the way you said it because this is the only you know you said I'm going to quote you you said that must take a great amount of faith right in order to put in the boat the, the the tithing plate before you pay your bills yeah and it, it it does take a measure of faith but I'm glad you said it the way you did because what what that really means is um when we say you know, when I say I can't, I can't believe someone would let the plate go by without giving because God's only going to press it down, shake it together and run it over for them out of their obedience. But I wanted to share this with you because this is the only time that God tells you in his word to try me. He says, try me, try, give your portion, pay your tithe and see if I don't open the, the windows of heaven.
1: So it's not even just having a measure of, of faith. It's it's uh, God giving you that opportunity. And as you're saying, he extends his hand and says, you know, just give it a chance. Just give it a try.
0: He said, he, he actually comes out and says, try me.
1: Well, I, like you said, I don't want to dive too much into the tithing thing because uh, we do have a podcast all about that, which was very interesting. Um, but... Now I kind of want to turn it to uh, financial, almost management. So throughout the course of our lives, uh, a lot of us are going to increase throughout our uh, lives the amount of money we have. There's certain things that everyone's taught to do as far as retirements and making sure you have insurance and all that. And in the back of your mind, you also want to have a little nest egg for savings. And all of that is actually a very... um, a very earthly thing that we've all established that those are uh, requirements that we need. What does God say about that? As far as
0: planning out our future with finances, He uses a, a great illustration in the Bible um, about the ants. He says that you know, He says, consider the ants. You know, they toil all summer long, and and all you ever see it in on it when you look at an ant pile, all you ever see are ants going everywhere. They're constantly moving. They're constantly going. Um, but but when you go and look at where, look for that ant pile in the winter time you're not going to find it because they've they they've they've done their their due diligence all summer long, all spring, all fall, and when the winter comes, they're ready for winter. They're ready to chill out and wait for spring. And so they've got all their treasures laid up, all their food, everything they need is laid up. You know, he says consider the ant Uh, because, because if you're not like the ant, then you're a sluggard and you're going to, you're going to make, yeah, you can make money, but you're going to spend it. And then when the hard time comes or the winter comes, you're not going to have anything to be able to sustain you. Um, and it's, and it's just like the, um, the story of Joseph, you know, when he said there was going to be a famine and he said, you know, take a, take a, a fifth of everything you have for the next seven years and store it up because there's gonna be seven, seven years of famine. And, um, and so Joseph did what God told him to do. And because of that, they were the only ones with food. Everybody had to come to Egypt to get food. So um, God's very clear about how we're to, to do our finances. We are to save up. We are to set aside. We are to, to, to uh, set it back and, and, and wait. And I'll give you a quick illustration of this um, for years, years, I knew this principle, but I, and I always said on the first of the, of January, that was one of my goals. I'm going to set back this year. So by this time next year, I'm going to have a, a, a nice big nest egg. And for, for all through my thirties, <laughs> I said, I was going to do it and never did. Okay. In my forties, I learned, uh, I'll tell you, That's what I learned in my thirties In my forties. I learned that you, you, you know, all the, all the self-help and the gurus all said, you should always set your goals way, way past what you really want. That way, if you don't meet them, uh, if you don't exceed them, you'll at least meet them. I, I, we don't suggest that set goals that you can reach. Because it's a it's a inner it's an inner thing. You've got to know that you accomplished something. So I learned that in my 40s. But now in my 50s, I've gotten good at both. And so so I'll, I'll share a quick story. Recently, and when I say recently, I'm talking about the last three years. I set money aside, and I this is what I should have been doing in my 30s. And I set this money aside and I said, no matter what, no matter how hard it gets, I'm not using this money. This is emergency money and I'm going to use it and I'm going to be like the ant. I'm going to put it aside for when the hard times come. And I did that for the last three years. Just recently, something came up in my life where I had an opportunity. Now, I did it for emergencies. okay? But recently, something came up in my life that I had an opportunity to invest And I, so I invested, I immediately invested because it was almost, I couldn't lose. And I, I got a 15% return on my money. So just like that. So, and that was a pretty good chunk. So should we, should we put our money back? Absolutely. I will, I will advocate that for the rest of my life. Everyone should put a a certain percent, percentage back. You should give God 10% and at least put 10% back for the hard times
1: so I, I love how you just explained that I putting money away is, is very important uh, and you know when I guess 2020 was the perfect year to for you know the majority of the country to understand that too that you got to have some type of savings or something to fall back on uh, one of the things I learned uh, over the last year and I just started uh, really doing this but uh, don't mindlessly swipe plastic. Oh man, that was the best system that could have ever been introduced was a plastic credit card that you don't have to physically, there's no change, there's nothing. And when you spend it, you don't think about it. And everyone catches on. It's like Disney, Disney, you have the magic bands. Now you scan them and it's all done. And so you're not thinking about it and people can get into serious debt like that. And so what me and my wife did was we actually set aside a bank account that we only have for all of our bills and everything. And that's the one that stays stocked. And then we have a separate card that is specifically for spending for fun and for food for the month and not like groceries and stuff like eating out. So that way we know exactly what we're spending and every time we spend it, We have to look at that bank account and see how much is on that card. What have we spent? It's a way to physically track that money again. And so I know that's very important is being conscious about what you're using your money for, how you're spending it, making sure that you're saving.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, Clausen describes it like this in um, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. He says, every penny you earn is like a soldier. and 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 they were able to use this illustration way back then because back then uh what kings would do they'd go into other lands and if you had more of an army than the people in the land uh you just basically went up to them and said look we're gonna wipe you out or you can join us and so it took soldiers to make soldiers you know it took soldiers to gain more soldiers and clausen said in in that um in that book if if you'll look at your money and you'll you'll look at every penny as a soldier and and you say every penny you can't spend it until it makes another soldier for you if you have that concept in your head so so every penny that you earn will double before you spend it um Boy that's a really good way to <laughs> do your finances. That's a, that's a great way to set yourself up for success in in your finances.
1: Never heard that analogy before. I love that. That's, you know, you got to spend money to make money. It's 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 said all the time, but you know, if you look at things like the stock market, you know, you'll realize that it actually takes money to make money. And so, yeah, it's very interesting that you, that you bring that up. So I, I'm curious now to bring this towards uh, another conversation of finances, and that's debt. And so, you know, you do hear debt used a lot in the Bible, um, and you even hear of things like tax collectors and stuff in the Bible. And nowadays, it is never a worse time to get into, you know, crippling debt but it is never easier. You know, you can take out credit cards and swipe them and have that brand new TV that you know you can't afford. And so let's move this conversation into money that isn't yours, but you're spending debt. What does God say about it?
0: Well, here it's simple what God says. God says the debtor becomes a slave to the lender. Um, so don't get into debt. Uh, don't become a slave to someone. Um, so it's that's that's easy. That's a, you know, what God says is don't get into debt. Um, but, but there's a, there's a hidden debt. There's a, there's a silent killer kind of debt out there. And, um, and it's the one people don't even know about. And it's, it's the one that has God's attention. Um, it's one thing to say, I want that big screen TV, even though I can't afford it, I'm just going to get it on credit. Now you've just went into debt and you became a slave to whoever it was, um, Walmart or the big box store, whatever it was, you just became a slave to them until it the debt is paid. But there's a worse debt. It's a hidden debt. It's a silent debt. And that's the debt, like you, you mentioned, like the stock market or a, a certain investments. Um, if it, Look at it this way. And, and the, you have to kind of rise above and look at things from God's perspective. But if you have, uh, say you have $5,000 you want to invest in the stock market, um, you have to be careful what you invest that in. If you're investing it in something that the stock has just been climbing and climbing and climbing, you know, people look at that and they say, okay, this stock has been climbing, climbing, climbing. I'm going to invest in it. And, and they don't even, they don't even know what that stock is. Is it a, is it a a stock that's going to help people? Or is it a stock that's going to hurt people? You know, is it an evil stock that, that goes completely against what God, you know, God's precepts are, or or something that would be very displeasing to God to know that you owned stock in something of that nature, you know, is, so you have to look at it from a biblical standpoint. Is God going to bless that stock for you? Do you really think you're going to be blessed by buying that stock? You know, and the answer, the answer is simple. You may make quick money off of it. You'll never make long, long long-term money off off, off of it, and you're going to answer for it. There's going to be a time you're going to answer for it. No one gets away with anything with God. You may get away with it while you're here, but the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and one day you're going to stand before him and answer for that. So you have to be smart. You know, whether you're doing the stock market or whether you're you know, flipping houses or investing in whatever, you've got to be smart. And you got to, you know, you need to say, "God, I'm going to pray about this. I want I want your blessing upon it before I even put my hand on it you know and here's here's the kind of prayer we pray um i say god uh either open all the doors to this investment or slam them shut so there's no doubt in my mind that you don't want me to do it it's a simple prayer but it works
1: you know when we talk about the stock market and stuff i think Obviously, about everything that's been happening recently, uh, you know, like GameStop stocks soaring. And and I just think, you know, even though there's some people who have, you know, probably made a bunch of money on that, uh, morally, I've always kind of had to stand back and look at certain things like that. And I can't stand making money when someone has to lose. If there has to be a loser for you to make money, I can't stand that. And there's so many schemes like that nowadays. Um, A lot of pyramid schemes end up like that. Someone has to be losing in the bottom. Uh, You know, a lot of stocks, you will, like uh, the GameStop thing. You have people who inflate the stock. Everyone starts buying it. The stock goes crazy. And then, you know, old Joe, who has no idea what he's doing, invests his life savings into GameStop because he thinks everything's going to go crazy with it. But then the stock tanks he loses all of his money. Those are real consequences to people. That's actually money that they have. That's gone now. And I'm not defending, you know, like big wall street or anything. I'm just talking about the the little guy. There's actually people like that who invest in that. So if you're, if, if you're almost getting money off of someone else's loss, I think morally that's wrong. And so I guess my next question leading into this is what, uh, what would God think about almost dirty money as far as what if you're making it off of stealing drugs stuff like that? what does God think about that money?
0: Well he's not going to bless it he's not it, it, you know um, I'll give you another illustration not long ago i I, I, um, I asked God I, I came into some money and I asked God God stretch this money out I need I need to use this money for a while and I need it to stretch out and uh, and I can't tell you i can't I can't explain to you how he did it, but he stretched my money out. He made it where I I kept that money. I was able to do everything I wanted to do and then some and still had the money. So he stretched it out for me. He answered my prayer. Um, I I can't tell you how he did it. He just did it. Um, He's not going to do that with dirty money. He's not going to bless you. You you may make money off the stock market, but he's not going to bless that money with what you do with it. It's not going to be something that he's he's gonna you know uh, put a foot forward to bless it. I have a very good friend who professes to be a Christian, and he just bought a, a bunch of stock in a stem cell research company, and they are nothing but evil. If you research the company and and you know anything about God, you you know that this company is nothing but evil. They're doing evil things, and uh, and and uh, you know uh, you try to warn them, but you you know. To know to do good to do it not to him it is a sin so you go to him you go to your brother and you say brother yeah you really thinking this out before you do it because god's not going to bless you for this but uh he won't listen he does he's he's not got an ear to hear it so i'm just you know watching him and i'll eventually i i believe i'll see uh i don't think he's going to make much money on it matter of fact he's probably going to lose money on
1: it yeah definitely got to be careful about uh, morally where you're investing and things like that. That way, you know, you feel like the money you're making is either earned with uh, dignity or at least you take some pride in certain things. So the last question I just want to pose to you because I know that God doesn't view money, as anything. That's a piece of paper to him. And realistically, it is just a piece of paper. You know, back in the day you had gold, you could actually get a block of gold in your hand. We have a piece of paper. You know, people always say, if you get stuck on an island with $2 million, it is worthless. You know, it's no better than, you know, kindling to start to fire. So my last question to you is with money in in a general word, it's really obsolete. You know, if you were to think of it as what it actually is, it's nothing how big of a role should it play in our lives and how much should we desire it
0: well obviously we need it to live because that's the way our world is structured um, so we work for it we get it we live with it I think um, I think though it's just like anything else in God's word you know it's not it's not what we have it's how, what we do with what we have and it's not wh- what or who we love it's you know it's how we love them you know um this is a great time to talk about this um and kind of wind this down um we're coming up on tax time and uh, tax time um most people when they do their taxes they're trying to save money or not have to pay the irs as, as much as they um can so so here's what God says about that. You know, the Pharisees went to Jesus one day and they said, um, so tell us, um, you know, you're so righteous with everything. Uh, is, it, is it good to pay tribute to Caesar? You know, what they're trying to do is trick him. So he just looked at him and said, why are you trying to trick me? Um, show me a coin. So they, they showed him a coin, a denarius. And they, he looked at that coin and he said, uh, now who's on this coin? And they said, Caesar. And he said, okay, so there's your answer. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. So, you know, you said, you said, how's that going to affect us? Well, here's how it affects us. It doesn't matter if you're blessed with, you know, uh, $50,000 a year um, is is what you make or, you know, 50 million a year. It's not how much you make. It's what you do with what you make. Are you going to, do you want to be blessed with it? Do you want God to stretch it out for you? Then then be obedient with it. The only thing he tells you what you have to do with your money is to pay your tithe. So when you pay your tithe to him and you're obedient with that, you get to do whatever you want with the rest of it. You can go invest it. You can bury it in the sand. You can hide it in the walls of your house, whatever you want to put it in your mattress.
1: That sounds like dirty money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want to do, you can do with it. But, but it's so, so it's really not about how much we make It's about what we do with what we make.
1: Yeah. You know, and and closing this out, I just want to say one final thing too. Uh, There's a lot of times in my life and I'm sure a lot of other people's lives where uh, you do have to uh, have a talk with yourself about what you're spending and what you want to spend certain things on. And uh, I'm not sure if we've even said this yet, this podcast, but praying over what you're spending money on is very important too. Uh, You know, if you want to acquire a car or something like that, but you may not have the full amount or you're going back and forth with it. Pray about it. You know, God will answer that prayer and he'll talk to you as if the money matters. You know, he's going to give you that comfort that you're looking for too. So prayer when it comes to money is also very important. Uh, and you know, whether or not you're trying to figure out how to structure your finances, how to get out of debt, pray about it. You'll get answers. You'll get comfort. So guys, it's all the time that we have for the podcast tonight. Once again, we thank you for listening, wherever you're listening to this at, please hit the subscribe button, share with a friend let them know that you love the podcast if you don't you never heard us and uh we'll talk to you guys next time you're listening to the curious christians podcast
0: you want to change the world son. so do i